Hello and welcome to another edition of Podcast Open Mic. I'm Lorenzo. This is episode 76. That's a spirit. And I have in the studio, Rick Adam. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. 76. That's a big number. You've been working. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very happy about it. And uh, you're also known as Professor Paddywhack. That's right. Um, not to be confused with cheap imitations. I do a lot of fairs and festivals. I've been working in Maine for, oh, 40 years now? Wow. Okay, well, yeah, we met here at the station, and yeah. your your vehicle's parked outside, and it's very impressive. You mean the funny we, wagon? Yeah, we, uh, we hadn't met before, so there were like six portraits of you back on the back there. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I travel around. I do a lot of fairs. Like I said, I, I'll be at Freiburg Fair. I've been there, I think, 37 years. Um, and I drive up in the funny wagon, and people, you know, it is decked out. It's bright yellow. If you see it on the highway, you'll give a, a wave. My license plate says One Man Band. Great. And, um, and you know, um, it, it's it's fun, you know. And I, people ask me, you know, what is this about? And I say, well, you know, it's a shuttle service to the funny farm. You know, do you need a ride, you know? <laughs> so you, you actually uh, make a living being a musician. I, I, I make a living being a, a musical novelty is is kind of what I am. I'm, I'm primarily a singer-songwriter, but um, I've studied theater and circus arts and a lot of training in mime. And so I, I have kind of, especially with one-man bands, and I, I do other things. I mean, I, I'm a decent guitarist, but I've probably made more of a living playing a musical saw than I have, you know, guitar, you know, because, you know, there's zillions of really good guitars, and if you're a mediocre saw player, you're you're the star of the show. So you actually you actually build one man band ensembles. I do. I do. I started out with the uh, traditional Dick Van Dyke style bass drum on my back, cymbals on my knees, and I still have that, and I still use it. You know, um, and then I built a show for around uh, ecology show and then I built a junk band which you have a picture there of um, right there that see that one there uh-huh. and that's all made out of a hundred percent American junk which we know is the finest junk in the world I'll hold that up to the microphone there so they can see that squint if you have to folks and um, then I built another band for a show uh, called Beatlesania where I played just Beatles songs, and I actually have it so I can do all the parts of the Beatles. I've got a drum set that I can control with my feet, a guitar that gives me bass parts so I can do a suggestion of the three parts of the Beatles, and then I have a second mic that gives me three-part harmony, so I am the Fab One, Beatles on a Budget. Wow. Yeah. And the latest thing is my <laughs> Professor Paddywhack Amuse Cycle, which, um, you know, I, I'm 66 now, so I needed to find some way of kind of not slowing down, but you know, looking ahead. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a musician and self-employed, so that means that I haven't saved a penny. But it means that you know, as I get older, when I'm 90 years old and I'm still having to create a paycheck, I can ride on my little tricycle, and it's got a banjo on it. It's got a 150 watt Bose sound system on it, a bass drum on it that I. Uh, control with my feet, and yes, uh, one heck of a uh, bubble blaster. So, is there like a, um, is there like an Elvis Presley or a Beatles of the one man band? 
Elvis Presley or is there is there you know someone that, you know we, when you've been working on the one man band thing is mm-hmm. there is there someone you've always looked up to is there like a number one one man band guy out there um or woman i yeah, don't know um you know i did a little research but when i first started there was nobody i had never seen a real one man band dick van dyke like i said dick van dyke in uh, mary poppins had a one man band and my style of look at first kind of looked like that. And um, I remember Luke Jacobs, of um, who was a, a white-faced clown, old-school clown from Ringling Brothers. He did a one-man band, and I remember studying an illustration of him and being able to figure out how he controlled the the cables from his legs, you know, mm-hmm. to, the, to his feet. And, and, and I figured a way of being able to adjust them, which... You know, uh, I, I basically, I, I, I've been, especially the one-man band, it took me years, you know, to, to get it so that I could walk out and have it sound halfway decent, you know. I'll, you know and I, every one-man band is a, un, should be and is, you know, pretty much a unique, you know, original contraption. And mine definitely is that. You know, I'm, my original one-band band has a xylophone on my head and a uh, alarm clock. And a few years back, I did do a PBS special on one-person bands in America, and a videotape of it was added to the permanent collection in the Smithsonian Institute. So I am in the Smithsonian with a xylophone on my head and an alarm clock, and boy, was my mom proud. <laughs> <laughs> I should say so. Yes, yeah. Now, um, so so, how many instruments do you actually play? Have uh, you like mastered all the ones you? I've mastered none of them. You know, um, I I, <laughs> I dance between them, and you know, um, with my original, I had it in my head I should play an accordion. So I studied accordion for a, a period of time. I am not a great accordion accordionist, um, but then I decided, well, what else can I add here? So I added to the uh, accordion. Um, harmonica stand. So I learned how to play harmonica. And then I thought, well, how about if I take a penny whistle and tape up a couple of holes so I can do like one-handed penny whistle playing. So I can play penny whistle, accordion, drums, um, all at the same time. And you know, um, I also go for the Spike Jones approach towards one person band. Now there's a person that really influenced me was Spike Jones. I can see that. Yeah. And and because he had the whistles and the things and he'd pull out a gun and and he was a percussionist and I was very lucky in my early years when I was around 18 I, I we were talking and I said I worked with the Shakespeare company. Well, the director of that Shakespeare company, a, a good friend named Bob Colonna, his father was um Jerry Colonna worked with Bob Hope. Oh, sure. He had the handlebar mustache. Yeah, and the googly eyes. Googly eyes, yeah. And he's been my director and directed most of these shows for over 40 years. I talked to him almost every day. And at one point when we were putting the junk band together, uh, and he suggested, he said, do the whistles, the things, all of that. he He said, you know that my dad's first drummer was Spike Jones. Wow. And he said, yeah, I used to come over to the house. And, and he, then he would went into a few amazing stories about Spike Jones. So I, I, I was very, very lucky and blessed to be able to have some uh, trip into some of very good mentors. Uh, Bob Colonna, who helped me with musical novelty, because his father, you know, um, I think his longest note was 93 seconds, you know. <laughs> 
He would hold a note, and I'm not going to do it here because I don't want to damage your microphones but or, or embarrass myself. Um, but he would hold a note forever. And, you know, you know that, you know, in itself, and I do do that at times in my shows. With Is that my, the circular breathing thing? I don't know what it is. You just grab it, go for it, and keep going till you turn blue and pass oh. out. You know, <laughs> that's my technique. Oh. And but um, you know, and you know, he was a trombone player. So you know, uh, 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 um, Jerry Colonna, he was a mm-hmm. trombone player. So you know, he did have circular breathing. Uh, but he would hold a note, you know, for a huge, an amazing amount of time, and. I do that at times because kids haven't seen anything like that. You know, you know that I'll start with a note and I'll hold it, and they'll look and say, "What's going on?" Oh no, he's still thinking. And then eventually they'll get it and they'll start laughing and they'll enjoy it. You know, because that's one. And I can read the audience because I'm doing live theater, yeah. live entertainment, which is I, I'm. There's very few people that actually make a living doing live theater anymore. There, there's a, uh, I think it's a commercial for pizza rolls or something, and mm-hmm. it features a one-man band, and mm-hmm. always, it always gets my attention. Yeah, yeah. So you know that person? No, I don't. Oh, I, 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 I may know the person, but I, I they don't I, credit him in the uh, commercial. I, I don't, I, I don't watch TV that much. Okay. You know, you know, I kind of stream things, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. You know, I'm a podcast junkie, so. All right. So tell me, tell me about what we're going to hear today. Well. This is an original song that I wrote, and I chose this one because it's about um, being a singer-songwriter and having a day job. And anyone, if you've ever gone to an open mic, everyone that goes there has some kind of day job. I'm lucky that I've been able to create a day job that actually is connected to my passion. Mm -hmm. Uh, This song is uh, about being a... um, Yodeling cowboy on stilts. Now, just get that image okay. in your mind for it's a there, moment. It's yeah, stuck. and and that started not too far from here. I was. My stories are going to keep rambling. You're going to have to edit half of this stuff out unless you want to do a marathon because I, I don't know how to shut up. But um, the um, I went into a, a Dodge dealership in Portland to buy a car, and we were negotiating. And at one point. Um, we were about $1,000 off, and I said, how about if I do some trading with stilt walking? And they said, stilt walking? Yeah, I said, I do, you know, openings and things like that. You know, I do commercial work, and they said, that's a great idea. So they hired me. We did the exchange. I got the vehicle, and they got a couple of days of stilt walking, and after that, they um, hired me for two years, you know, and um, and it was a Dodge dealership, and at one point, they said, can you do a cowboy? I said, sure. So I would stand on the street, and this is in Westboro, and I would wave to people as they they were getting out of work with my, and I had a guitar there, so I started practicing, and I came up with about 20 minutes of material as a yodeling cowboy, and then I started doing fairs with it, and from that, I ended up doing rodeos, and at one rodeo, someone asked me, he said, and this guy was a real cowboy. He was a Mexican cowboy on the back of a horse with a large sombrero jumping with with a lasso with his horse through the thing back and forth and dancing yeah. on the on the saddle. He was the real deal. And I'm a little guy there on my stilts, you know, yodeling with a cowboy hat on with an arrow through it. And he said, you know, Rick, I really like what you're doing. I may have a gig for you. And 
he took my card, and a couple of days later, he says, I'm the personal horse trainer for Bruce Springsteen, and we're doing a birthday party for him. He does one every year, and I'd love to have you come because we're going to do a full rodeo because he has a ranch in New Jersey. I said, cool. Yeah. And so I went there as a yodeling cowboy on stilts, and I'm looking out, and I'm performing. There's Bruce Springsteen. There's Sheryl Crow. There's um, Dustin Hoffman. And and the complete E Street band, and I, I'm doing it. They asked me, I performed there twice. They asked me four times. One time they canceled, and one time I couldn't do it because uh, I was doing the Freiburg Fair, yeah. you know. And um, but then after I said, um, could I write a song about this? Because I am a songwriter, and this has been an incredible experience. And I got permission from Bruce. He said, yes, but just don't use my name in the song. So, you know, the song doesn't have his name in it. I was able to say the boss, and I was able to give him a demo of it. And, um, and you know, I never heard back, but, you know, that you know, But it was, I, I, it's a song that I think kind of shows the, the backstory of, in my backstory of, of uh, meeting someone like that. Because, you know, you know anyone that has read his biography or any um, singer-songwriter, we all have our hopes of, you know, getting out there and doing it, you know, and he's definitely gone out there and do it, done it. And so um, this is kind of a song that's all about all of those things, and I don't need to say any more because you're going to listen to the song. Okay, let's yeah. listen to it together. And the name of the song again is? What Money Won't Buy. Okay. And uh, Rick Adam. It was a once-a-year party for family and friends Just to touch bass and tie up loose ends An aging rock star turns a mile on the meter With his idol so high you think his power would peter But he's released a new album In his head's another song, it's what he loves to do Road's been golden and long Golden and long Golden and long On his ranch in Jersey, under hometown sky, a little privacy in heaven. What money won't buy? What money won't buy? What money won't buy? What money won't buy? Privacy in heaven, under hometown sky. grown used to the frames that try a little too hard warmth goes out of a handshake with the touch of a business card they say he can't complain all his dreams have come true they never see cracks in the perfect picture where the truth pisses through he's got muscles with headsets they're mostly for show boss people are crazy looks at his kids you just never know just never know just never know just never know Stay close to your mother In the sea of smile It's a hard rock to carry But my paper doll child What money won't buy 
ให้ประตาชายวงมาในวงไป Me, I drive through the gate. State your business. Who are you? I'm the singing cowboy for the kids. They check me out, wave me through. Twenty years writing songs with a little help from my day job, just to keep the habit going. Sometimes I feel I've been robbed, but I've released my first album. And my head's another song. It's what I love to do. Roads been golden and long, golden and long, golden and long, golden and long. Caterers are ready, guests start to arrive. I put my makeup on to my guitar. Feel that feeling inside. Oh, money won't buy. Feel that feeling inside. What money won't buy? Privacy in heaven, under hometown skies. I stick my demo in my tight jeans, pray they don't show. I feel like a stick horse cowboy looking to ride in the rodeo. The lives of the rich and famous look pretty good from where I stand. I'm just. Glad to cover my checks before they bounce if I can. I, I sing happy birthday. I sing out a key. He closes his eyes and wishes he was me, someone like me. Wishes he was me, someone like me. For one night, an unknown singer with a guitar. May I pray for privacy in heaven. As a rock and roll star, rock and roll star, when money won't buy, when money won't buy, a rock and roll star, rock and roll star, money won't buy, when money won't buy. Privacy in heaven, under hometown sky. That was phenomenal. Oh, I thank you. I really like that. <laughs> well, so, a storyteller, you know. It's, yeah. I, I love the idea of. Um, Songs as um, a narrative song as literature, and it's a challenge to be able to take an entire story and make it rhyme and fit it into a little snippet, you know, a sound bite, you know, and and have it ha stand by itself, you know. And and I started with rock operas when I was very young. I'm 18. I wrote a, a rock opera, and I have always loved uh, storytelling and using songs as narratives. Ah. Were you a fan of the when the Kinks were in their rock opera uh, phase there? Oh yeah, yeah, and you know I I loved um, you know um, all of the uh, rock operas on uh, uh, Tommy and all of that. I think yeah. that was just you know it, it was it was great because that was a time where you know everyone was expanding their minds and um, expanding the boundaries. And the Beatles did that. I mean, they expanded the boundaries of what a song was because what you're sitting at a, a multi-track studio 
open things up. And I, I have my own multi-track studio, and if you listen to some of my kids' stuff, um, it's kid stuff, but it's all narrative, you know. And I've actually gone into I, I, I have one song that's seven minutes long about a little girl named Priscilla P. Pinkpuff who has a pail of pink paint and paints everything pink. And everything is P, 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 P. Ah. Yeah, and um, then I, I've actually n- illustrated that into a book. I haven't pr- produced the book yet. That's always the hard part, you know, finding the, uh, the money. Mm. Like Peter Percival Patterson's pet pig Porky. Yes, right. See, yeah. if he had the money, I, I'd let him be. <laughs> I'd write him into the book. I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> that was a Peter Turk uh, deal he okay. did on uh, on the Monk albums. Yeah. Um, so I guess I have to ask, what's Bruce Springsteen like? He, he was very. He seems nice. like a really nice guy. He was. He was. He. My experience of him, my first um, encounter was, you know, at his. Um, ranch and he had his couch out on the on the porch i mean out on the lawn that his favorite couch pulled out from his studio and he's sitting there with a beer and you know and i come over i'm on my stilts and and uh the his the horse trainer said dance rick and i i start dancing and he's going very nice very nice you know and you know he was very nice and regular and um the best part was that at one point um, he had a band, you know, playing you know, there, and he jumped up on the stage and jammed with him for an hour, you know, and yeah. and then you know so did his wife Patty and Patty's sister, and they all got on stage and started having fun, you know, and it wasn't his music; it was just you know having fun, and and it was great uh, because it was a small enough party, maybe a hundred and fifty people. Um, I got to mingle with them after and you know kind of hang out and connect with them and it was wonderful hearing the stories of people that knew him you know and you know, and so it was it was a, a fun experience but at the same time you know the line one of my favorite lines in that thing is the warmth uh, uh, warmth goes out of a handshake with a touch of a business card because you know uh, and he I think he handled it well but there was always, including me, I had my demo in my back pocket, you know, and sure. you know, and and because you're in an environment where you know that this person has the, uh, if he so chooses, the the power to you know help, and yeah. and we singer songwriters do need help sometimes. So. Of course, well that's that's a great story, and yeah. I'm so glad that the boss is in a dick. Yes, yes, yeah. We're on a podcast. We can say that, right? Yeah, Because yeah. in the song, I say piss, you know, and yeah. I, I thought, you know, well, you know, this is podcast world. You can say that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, now's the time where we plug stuff. And I haven't, I imagine you have a lot to plug. Uh, well, yes. The um, the thing that I, I don't know when this is going out, but I am going to be at Freiburg Fair the entire time. I will be bringing out, believe it or not, my yodeling cowboy out of, uh, out of uh, mothballs. And doing that there, and I will have the Professor Paddywhack Amuse Cycle there. I won't be doing my song stuff because you know I don't have any gigs lined up for that. I'd like to, mm-hmm. but um, you know, um, I'm. Do you kind of wander around, or yes, you... you'll have to find me, you know, and and or I will find you, and I'm there, you know, doing it for about four hours a day on every day of the fair, and before that, um, this. Coming Sunday, I'll be doing the same thing at New Portland Fair, 
of the Lions Fair in New Portland. You may not make that one. No, but the Freiburg, you probably will. Yeah. And then after that, I go right from there to Sandwich Fair um, in New Hampshire, and uh, that's a really nice fair. And I, I actually will probably do some stuff on the stage. I help manage the stage now, and I will probably... Um, I've done my Beatles stuff there, but I think I'm going to probably be doing some new things, which are um, I have a new program that I put together called Blues to Beatles, and I do um, a little bit of the history of uh, blues, starting with Robert Johnson, tell mm-hmm. some of the stories, do a little slide guitar, and then go from there into Chicago blues, and then... Um, uh, into rock and roll and then end up at the Beatles. That's as much of uh, the uh, rock and roll. And I do do like an Elvis impersonation and you should see me with a wig. <laughs> and and you were nice enough to uh, give me uh, a, an actual physical CD. Here. Yes, yeah. And, and if someone wanted to, and it's called Grace Notes. Yes, you can get Grace Notes. It's, it's under Adam. I sometimes just use... Um, Adam for my uh, musical stuff because it's simpler and easy to remember, and mm-hmm. um, and, and people usually don't spell that wrong, name wrong. You, they always add an S on my name, and my name does not have an S. And uh, that has all original songs on it. You can get that on YouTube, and uh, not not YouTube, but um, Apple. Record. If they one day actually grab a physical copy, you, you can yeah. you can go to my website, which is rickadam.info, I N F O. Okay, and no S, no, no S, no S. S. Rickadam.info, and you can get it from there too, or um, uh, CD Baby, and all of those places. And does Professor Paddywhack have albums as well? I mean, he does, you know, and I I um, I've got two albums out of. Uh, that and again, you can get them on um, the best place to get them these days is on um, you know um, the Apple Store. What, what, I'm spacing. Out. I What's guess it? it's Apple Music. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That that's it. Or CD Baby, uh, and um, I've got Professor Paddywhack goes to the fair, and uh, it's it's almost like radio theater, uh, and it is uh, Professor Paddywhack marches through the fairground and goes on an adventure and he meets different people and in between all of that there's songs there's songs that kids get to sing along but then there's original story songs that I have from everything from a little girl named Priscilla P. Pinkpuff who finds a pail of pink paint and paints everything pink to a uh, a a diner guy who's cooking there and the popcorn guy it, it's a it's a fun thing and and it and it is radio theater where at the end you end up doing things that you can't do in real life you know it's and and it's all goes on between your two ears in your own imagination and every single no, note every single voice every single instrument every single sound effect i did myself in my studio ah. and my uh second cd is called um Professor Paddywhack's musical calendar, and um, and I when I do that that type of a project, I kind of used Professor Paddywhack as a character in the event, but yet at the same time I do a lot more guitar. I pull out my guitar synthesizer and have fun with creating as atmospheric story songs. 
Okay. And do you, I'm wondering, do you refer to Professor Pettywack in the third person when you uh, um, talk about Sometimes I do, you know. Um, I, I, I see an entity unto himself. You know, he. Well, you know, I, I'm. I can't really divulge who he really is, you know, unless you know, you catch me coming out of the phone booth. You know, I, I come out of the I phone booth. There, there's Professor Paddywhack. You know, <laughs> no. Um, you know, I, I am. I am Professor Paddywhack, and I'm also just a lot of other because I studied mime and mime, uh, and. You think, well, how can mime be related to creating, um, you know, different people? And but that's what a mime does. I can, uh, with studying, and I studied with Tony Montanero in South Paris, Maine, in Celebration Barn Theater is still in existence and still doing great work. And I learned how to become anything, and so it affects also. Um, how I work with, even in that last song, you notice that I changed my voice and became characters at certain times. Mm -hmm. in, and, um, and I'm also a great admirer of audiobooks. So I, I like the idea of taking a song or taking a work of music and not just singing it, but bringing it to life. Well, that's great. And I like it. The most fun part is when Rick Adam gets to disappear and all of a sudden there's a voice there that sounds like a little girl or a little boy or a um a, a main father that's talking like this you know that I, I i can do different characters just yeah. as someone can in audiobooks you know or uh, in there why why can't a singer songwriter you know, um help with the uh, uh the narration a little yeah. At yeah. this point, I usually ask what's ahead, but it sounds like you love what you do. I, I love what just... I do. I'm constantly doing more. You know, I'm, I'm having a little more time these days, and, and it varies to be at home, and that means I get to sit, look at a mountain, and hold a uh, guitar and twiddle my fingers. And, you know, can't have a better life than that. Oh, I'm so glad you found us. Yes. Well, I'm glad to be here and I hope at uh, some point we can do it again because this was lots of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. And if you have uh, an original piece of music or whatever you got, I want to hear it. Uh, get in touch with me at podcast open mic. That's M-I-C at gmail.com. I'm Lorenzo and we'll talk again soon.